0: pop in the lid on all things real estate with tina miller light and sherry Ann hauser bush your place to pop in and learn all about the home buying and selling process in a fun and light-hearted manner
1: happy thirsty thursday everybody it's sherry Ann hauser bush and tina miller light welcome everybody thanks for being with us today and we've got a great
0: show today. We have got Andy Kern, who is the City Manager for Fidelity National Title, and we have Brooke Mathias, who is the Sales Rep at Fidelity National Title, and we absolutely love putting our escrows with these
1: guys. Good morning, you two. Good morning, thank you for having us.
2: Yeah, thanks. It's great to be here.
1: And so we wanted to start off, usually we have a joke, but Annie's going to give us um, a crazy title story to, instead, so <laughs> A go crazy for title
2: story in place of a joke, so <laughs> I think this one's kind of humorous, but it was over in San Luis Obispo County, and uh, a person had purchased a house, and apparently there was a pipeline uh, that ran throughout, through the backyard that had not been disclosed to them in their title insurance report, and on a neighbor's house, the pipe burst. So there was definitely a title claim on the neighbor. Well, she got wind of it, and she's like, hmm, I wonder if I can somehow get a title claim on mine. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the rules about title insurance is you have to have suffered a loss in order to have a successful title claim. So if if there's nothing wrong, no harm, no foul, then you don't have a claim there, right? Mm -hmm. So she thought, and she got very creative, and she filed a claim against her title policy stating that just knowing that that pipeline was down there and could burst at any moment it had affected her life, it made her life more stressful, it caused a division between her and her husband, wow. and it basically ruined her life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> did she have
0: to go get herself an emotional, triggered. like, ostrich? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I saw, you guys, I saw. <laughs> triggered her. Can I nicely. did. I, I saw on... Buzzfeed. I think the other day, this lady boarding the plane with an emotional peacock, like a pet therapy no peacock, way. and she did. She carried it under her arm. She sat down. All the
1: feathers like took up the aisle. Oh, oh my god! How is this allowed? What I mean, the heck? as long as they have that card, it's a peacock, it's an emotional support animal. What is this good. peacock providing yeah. you? That. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe some calmness makes her calm so she can ride the plane. All well, the colors, I don't know. But Did I she mean, have to purchase another seat?
0: I don't know. I mean, he's... I really want those feathers are
1: long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: and what happens if the peacock does a poo-poo? <laughs> I mean, how do you,
1: like, you'll put diapers on it? How long with the flight? I have so many questions. So with, what happened with the... Was she able to... Um,
2: Uh, She filed a claim with the company and it was um, summarily uh, dismissed by the the title insurance company (laughs) outside the bounds of the coverage afforded by the policy. Yeah. Uh, But I thought it was a creative attempt. Sure. Uh, I
0: she gets points for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why purchase title insurance?
2: Well, that's a good question. And we get that question a lot because uh, some people find that it's a a fee that they're not aware of. They didn't know they're going to have to pay it on top of, you know, realtor fees or lender fees. But we pride ourselves on the fact that it's a very uh, cost-conscious policy, um, and it only is charged once at the close of escrow, um, and, it, and it basically insures you for as long as you own the property. And unlike uh, other types of insurance, which are based upon things that may happen in the future, like if you know if you buy a homeowners policy or an auto policy, you're paying premiums on what might happen down the road when you get into an accident or something happens, like you know on your policy, on your house. With title insurance, we're risk elimination. We're trying to locate everything that could possibly be wrong now and disclose it to you at the close of the escrow, by the close of the escrow. When the buyer acknowledges the preliminary report and approves the items to be shown on their policy, we've done our best job by searching all the public records, all the agencies, and all the liens to see to say, this is the condition of your title. Our job is to issue clear title and write you a clear title policy. You're going to pay the one-time fee for it and then the policy is good for as long as you own the property and that also includes if you ever drop the property into your trust afterwards uh, that doesn't uh, affect the ownership or the the uh, coverage under the policy
0: okay so cloud on title can you explain what a cloud on the title is
2: yeah i mean probably the simplest way to describe a cloud on the title is in a divorce situation uh, let's say if a husband and wife own a house, and they're going to, um, they're, they've decided they're going to get divorced, and the wife is concerned that the husband's going to go try to do something with that property, she can have her divorce attorney record a notice of Liz Pendens, and what that means is there's a notice to the world, once it's filed at the recorder's office, that there is pending litigation on this property. In, in essence, that is clouding the title. Because if the husband now goes in to sell the property and thinks he has the rights to do so, the title company is going to run a title report on it, issue a preliminary report, which is going to show that there's a pending litigation on this property. So no buyer is going to want to take title that way. Yeah. So she has, by doing that, clouded the title. Okay. Yeah.
0: Sorry, I just that no. popped into my mind, and I wanted to ask you because I and hear another title another
2: a lot. good um, example of clouding title is if you're gonna if someone's getting ready to sell their house and they hire a contractor to come in and do a bunch of work and then they start disputing the work being done meanwhile the sellers have listed the property they're gonna close escrow but the contractor still owed let's say thirty thousand dollars and he's like oh man they're gonna sell this property I'm never gonna get my money what does he do he records a mechanics lien lien. Mm -hmm. thereby clouding the title under the same situation that we mentioned in the first example where a mechanics lien will show up on a preliminary report search and then the buyer the realtors everybody's aware oh man we've got this mechanics lien we got to deal with Mm -hmm. you're going to have to go get that settled so that they will remove their mechanics lien uncloud the title so we can successfully close the escrow
1: right and i think also another um, search would be for any other person's on title correct yes because you don't want to get into the house and or receive title and then down the road someone show up and say, Hey Exactly. I'm part owner. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare. Yeah. That's one
2: of the that's one of the main things of covered risk, which I'll talk about when we get to that part of the discussion. Uh, but that's one of the most important ones, that nobody else has a right to your property.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: I think so my escrow that you saved for me a few years ago is in a trust. Now and I'm thinking about it, I feel like that was part of the thing is like the brother, because she was adopted and the brother somehow had a a claim to the property as well. Mm -hmm. If I'm remembering all that right. But you really, really, really came through for me and this is why I exclusively use Fidelity National Title because I honestly, truly believe in my heart that nobody else would have gotten that done for me. And it Mm. was on a Saturday and I called Brooke and then Brooke called... Andy, and then we had this all resolved and we closed. (laughs) I I don't think it would have closed without you guys. Well, we're happy to help. um, So thank you for that. And then another thing that I recently came across as title insurance is um, tax liens Mm -hmm. is going to be picked Mm -hmm. up. I had one it had nine nine, nine tax it had wow. nine different tax liens and so they had to pay a big chunk of money
1: for that thing to close yeah wow. so that title insurance is important yes it is. so annie how much uh does it cost for the title insurance so
2: title insurance rates are filed by each company with the insurance commissioner of the state of california um, everybody files their own independently and then it goes to a um, The insurance commissioner has a board of people that review and approve it, but it is based on the purchase price. Um, It's a percentage of the purchase price, so it goes up higher as the value of the property being sold or refinanced is is decided, and and that's how the rates are posted. Uh, Anybody that's interested in double-checking, I don't know, you'd have to be pretty bored to do this probably, (laughs) but But, um, look up uh, FNF rate calculator online, and you can go on there and you can just fill in a few boxes. And it'll give you what the rates are, what the title insurance rates are for any kind of a transaction. And that's part of our being um, open to everybody. We want everyone to have the ability to see our rates from anywhere. So We're not like hiding them anywhere. Full
1: disclosure. Full yeah.
2: disclosure, yep.
0: So who customarily pays for that title insurance? You do that one. So the seller pays for the title insurance. So it's very, very important that everyone know that
1: okay yeah and it's typically called owner's title insurance yep. mm-hmm. so it's so yes, typically, it, it is the seller that takes on that responsibility. right interestingly though enough that um, Fresno County is the only county in California where the seller pays for the title insurance in other counties the buyer pays for the title insurance because their thought process is that the buyers Ended up with the title insurance prop, par, uh, policy, and um, and they should decide who the title company is. So it's kind of interesting, but Fresno, it's definitely the seller. So Fresno County, so each county um, sets that requirement. Mm-hmm. So Fresno mm-hmm. County has set the requirement that the seller must pay for it. Yes,
2: it's almost like that's just been the precedent set decades ago. Right, there's no law requiring it be that way. That's just what this this area has felt come come accustomed to. Okay, so it's just
0: customary, Um, but not required.
2: Right, and one one small difference is um, a lot of the home builders buyers pay everything. Oh,
1: yes, that is correct. Mm -hmm. I hadn't thought about that. Mm
0: -hmm. So should they shop around for the best rate?
2: We found that um, it doesn't do a lot of good to shop around, although in Fresno County, I think there's nine title companies, so it's a very competitive mm-hmm. industry. But you'll find that the, the, uh, the rates are very, very close. And I, I mean, probably between $10 on the low and $10 on the high. Right. They're all going to be very similar because the insurance commissioner wants to keep us all in the same price range competitive speaking-wise. So,
0: Exactly.
2: So there are definitely people that do because every once in a while I'll get a phone call asking me for rates and I'll generally refer them to the website. That's the easiest way because that's what I'm going to do too to, to give somebody a, a rate quote over the phone is just to go to the website and run the numbers there. So that's FNF.com? Yeah. FNF Rate Calculator. Okay.
1: Plus, if you're working with a realtor, they have access to um, seller and buyer net sheets and um, I know that you guys have that app out there for us to use. So we will also, um, we can also gather that information for our clients that way. Give them an estimate of what it would be. Exactly. And I like to have those when I go on listing appointments.
0: And I'll have, like, we run comps. We have an idea, like a range. I'm like, okay, you're mid, you're low, you're high. I like to go with that net sheet so they can be prepared. like, okay, if we get an offer at this price, then here's going to be my title and insurance and kind of all my fees broken down yeah it's it's very handy and helpful for them to have and then when we present offers the same thing and brooks very very fast anytime i ask brooke for a net sheet it's like bam yes it's it's magically in my email within like (laughs) seconds it feels like oh again why i exclusively use fidelity national title hands down the best i'm sorry thank you thank
1: you andy what can you tell us what kind of things are covered in a title policy
2: yeah so for the buyer there's a lot i um, in 2008 uh, the the policy was completely revamped at the request of the insurance commissioner they came to the industry and said hey we think you need to give the consumer a better product um, it's not not that you guys are doing a bad job but you need to For the amount of money that title insurance is charged and paid, you should give them more coverages. So they formed a committee and they came up with the ALTA Homeowners Policy, which prior to that had not been in existence, Uh, came in around 2008 after they went and revamped it. But I'm just going to give you a few things that are covered in the title insurance policy. Uh, Someone else owns an interest in your property that we chatted about a minute ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, Someone else has rights to your property uh, via leases, contracts, or options. So hopefully, anything like that would have shown up in the title report and been disclosed to everybody to either accept or not dis- accept. And if they don't accept it, then it's between the seller, the real estate agent, and the escrow officer to find a way to get those items removed. But again, we're talking about we're insuring against future potential issues so that down the road, if he found there was a contract of something on the property and you hadn't been told about it, you could have a title claim for that. Would
0: an easement yeah,
2: be that's- considered? Exactly, that's number four. But the same thing, someone else—you're insured against someone else having an easement on your land that you were not told about. And there, certainly, there's a lot of those types of claims, more in our agricultural areas outside the city limits, mm-hmm. because a lot of those roads that people use out there are privately owned, or they're not owned by anybody and they're not maintained by the county. So it's almost like a gentleman's handshake type uh, easement agreements. Mm-hmm. But uh, easements are definitely something that you can get t- that you would have a title claim on if there was an established easement across your property that you did not know about and were not told about.
1: And those would usually come up on the report, right? Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. If we're doing our job 100% correctly, right. it would show up on the report. But again, one of the reasons you purchase title insurance is because everybody's gonna make mistakes sometimes or for whatever reason the document isn't posted at the recorder's office right, so we quote miss it in our search. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you probably both on the real estate side and on the title insurance side, fraud is a big thing right now. And so people executing documents fraudulently that's included as part of your title insurance. Uh, if there was a, if someone came to your house after you bought it and said, Hey, what are you doing in my house? I was given this house by my grandparents. I just haven't been around. Um, maybe someone fraudulently signed a deed in the past. You know, there's a title claim right there. You could file a claim on that.
0: Does that happen often?
2: I wouldn't say it happens often, but it definitely happens.
1: Wow, knock yeah. knock. <laughs> I hey, <laughs> get out of my house. Ain't going. <laughs> no, we're going wow.
2: And and what I always try to think about is I just, I've even seen TV shows or movies where they they something like that happens, and I always ask, how did it get past the notary? Right. Well, these notaries have to be quote in bed with the fraudsters, right? Yes.
1: yes. Like yes. you know, <laughs> here I'll
2: give you two thousand dollars when yes. you notarize this grant deed. Right. Oh, two thousand. Mm, maybe I will. Because you know, right. when you're
1: notarizing documents, you're checking, verifying identification, yeah. and you're basically um, swearing that the person in front of you is the person signing exactly. the document. Exactly. That's yeah. really risky, and that I mean that's got to be.
0: Like highly illegal. Like You could lose your notary. Oh yeah, you would oh, definitely wow. lose your notary yeah. over that. Well, end up in jail too. Yeah, that's, that's crazy that there are people that are that dishonest. There's a lot of commercials
1: right now about that. Yeah. You
2: notice that? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that situation happening? Right. So maybe there's been a lot of issues with that mm-hmm. lately.
2: <laughs> um, one of the interesting things about that, that that people aren't always aware is they'll say, how could that get past the county? Well, the county, when they reviewed real estate documents to record them, they're not, they're not looking at, they're not verifying the IDs or signatures. They're making sure the document is recordable. Does it have a legal description? Does it have a seller and a buyer and wasn't notarized properly? And by properly, I mean were all the boxes filled in? Right. That's all they're looking at. They don't back check if it's the right person signing it. Right. So anybody that has a, uh, a document executed in front of a notary and the notary stamped it correctly, you can go file it.
1: And when it pertains to um, property, I believe they're supposed to take your thumbprint. Yeah. So I
2: don't and know if they have book.
1: ever traced thumbprints, but that's an, another way they identify who you are. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yes. Uh, also included is covered risks that someone else has an encumbrance on your title, uh, an old lien floating around in the hemisphere out there, you know, somewhere. And we've had certain amount of claims on those with um, what they used to call hospital liens. If you went in for hospital service and you didn't have the money to pay your bill, but you own real property, the hospital will take a hospital lien and those have no expiration date on them. Mm -hmm. Unlike most other types of liens that that are usually about 10 years, Mm -hmm. those types of liens will last forever. And I've seen a lot of title claims on those because maybe the title searcher working on it said, oh my gosh, that's from 1979, that's gotta be old and out by whatever. So they don't worry about it and then what happens? The hospital, they, f- they send a lien notice to the new owner.
0: Oh, wow. And then
2: it goes right to claim.
0: <laughs> so there's an expiration on the, the liens. And so, for example, my seller that had the non tax liens, so if it was longer than 10 years ago, it wouldn't be an issue? It depends
1: on the lien. I think the tax lien, you probably have to. Mm-hmm. Have a death and taxes, you cannot get out, with <laughs> no matter <laughs> what, right? Yeah. Death and taxes. But like, so, like a mechanics
0: lien or something like that.
2: Yeah, every one of those has a different time period associated with it. Mechanic liens are the shortest ones. You're supposed to um, work it out within the first 90 days. And if you can't work it out in the first 90 days, the Mechanic (laughs) lien code says you are to file a court action. That's how you perfect that lien, by filing a court action. So that one's got a short window of period on it. Most liens such as state tax liens, IRS federal tax liens, abstracts of judgment filed in the courts, they do generally last for 10 years. And a lot of people get a little confused on that because of the credit reporting, which is more around the seven year mark. But recorded liens are good for 10 years. Now there is a provision also in the recording laws that you can re-record something to extend its life. Mm -hmm. So if you have a very astute agency that knows, that keeps track of all this, they will re-record. County of Fresno is really good about re-recording their um, unsecured county liens. Mm-hmm. State of California does it every once in a while, and so does the federal uh, government. But it's not something that happens all the time. Uh, abstract of judgment, same thing. If I get a judgment against somebody, I record an aff- uh, uh, affidavit of judgment, record it. Once its clock is ticking, if I don't re-record it within ten years, it drops off the title. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, good to know. Mm-hmm. That's all great that's information. A of information. So what
0: would be some examples of things that's not covered?
2: Well, surprisingly, and I've been dealing with a gentleman on, on uh, this matter right now, and that is uh, APN numbers. Mm. Because I think there's still confusion in, to everybody that APN numbers are, in our opinion, they're nothing but a tax identifying number. They do not describe property. It's just a random number that the assessor has created for a parcel for taxation purposes, but it has nothing to do with title insurance or transferring title. Now it's become a huge part of it, but surprisingly, APN numbers change over time, especially in areas that are being developed. If I have a property that has had had an APN number associated for the last 30 years, and then three new homes get built around my house, those all, those all now have new numbers and they may change my number in that process too. So I, um, assessor's parcel numbers are not included in title insurance. Another one that's um, interesting along those same lines is acreage. We, we shy away from acreage because there's too many ways to measure stuff that you get three different people doing it, you're going to get three different answers. That is true.
1: <laughs> I remember when I first started, one of our uh, Don Scordino, who is um, very knowledgeable in the real estate field, he took us, a small group of us new agents, out to a house he was needing to measure um, uh, on a field trip, basically, out in Madeira, and he actually had the... Um, measuring tape out, and we were measuring everything, and I don't think we, oh, I think we did walk the, the um, exterior, so the, uh, trying to determine acreage, but it is very difficult, yeah. Um, and I can see where uh, that information would become construed if too many people are trying to partake in that. Yeah. yeah. So
2: when we issue our title reports, usually we'll have a uh, uh, APN map as an attachment to it either you know an, an actual page of paper or a link on the on the prelim you can click and yeah. if you look at those most of the ones coming out of the title companies they've actually whited out the acreage on the APN map because we don't want to infer to anybody that we're insuring that acreage <laughs> mm-hmm. now yeah. so routinely I get I'll get a call or our title officers will get a call hey I want to see the map that shows how many acres it is you know yeah and we, don't, we we don't mind doing that as a customer service We'll send them a map without it being whited out, but it has a disclaimer on it that says, you know, we we are not insuring this basically acreage.
1: an estimate. Yeah, it's yeah. an estimate. Yeah. It's funny because when we have uh, clients for, that are selling property on acreage, oh, the lines are, see who that tree is, <laughs> over to the next tree. A rock, <laughs> yeah. And if it's really important to buyers, then, you know, get a surveyor out there mm. to do the real thing. Exactly,
2: yeah. yeah. But, so, so we treat the legal description as the paramount thing. Legal description always comes first. That's what transfers title. As long as we've given, as long as we've properly described the property in the legal description, even if the grant deed has an incorrect APN number, um, that's APN number is not something that has been changed. Now, the recorder will allow us to re-record a document to fix the legal description, mm-hmm. but they won't accept a document to be re-recorded to change the APN number because. Again, an APN number is really just for taxation purposes.
1: Yeah. So we've got uh, things not covered, APN number and acreage. Anything else that comes top of mind? Are those two other primary ones?
2: Those are the primary ones. Okay.
1: Now, um, another question, do title insurance companies really pay out claims? (laughs) Don't, don't, don't lie to us now.
0: Well, we know that they didn't pay the one with the lady with the busted pipe and the emotional. (laughs) You ruined my life.
2: Yeah. Every title insurance company has to set aside millions and millions of dollars for the purpose of paying claims. And, um, You know, but that is a question I get often, so thanks for asking that because, uh, you know, a lot of times people just don't see it because generally it's going to happen afterwards. But I had some numbers. I pulled up some numbers just for our company, Fidelity National, title, which, you know, we have multiple brands, but the Fidelity National family of uh, companies in 2022 paid out $308 million in, in claims. Wow. So it's a hefty amount of money. Yeah. Um, in, the, in the fourth quarter of 2022 alone, which would be October, November, December of last year, $57 million in claims were paid.
1: That is a significant amount of money.
0: That, that yeah. It is. Like, I'm wondering how, What is there anything that you can do to kind of proactively prevent some of this stuff? Is there things the sellers can do?
2: Well, really, those types of things generally are going to fall on back to those title policies that we issue. And so it's not so much anything that the seller is doing as much as it's... Because um, you guys are going through all of your disclosures yeah. with everything. And it's more of things that come up afterwards that weren't disclosed through the title search. Mm-hmm. Kind of more on our side of the searching versus what they've used right. disclosure-wise. And just on, on human, their... error. human yeah. error. Yeah. Right. And, and and human error is certainly a part of it. Um, there's one thing that happens occasionally where we fail to pay off a, a lien because we didn't know about it, or through human error, our title searching department missed it. So let's say your seller was, you know, he he was supposed to have a tax lien paid through the escrow for $10,000, and title insurance company missed it. So at the closing, he got an extra $10,000, right? Well, whoops, right? Is a mistake, but there's a term for that called unjust enrichment, <laughs>
1: right? He has to give it back. He has to give it back. <laughs> and they don't
2: always want to give it back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, we're done. Yeah. We're done. Hey, you guys hey, figured out. chicken dinner. You, yeah, yeah. we chicken dinner. You I guys figured it out. I spent that money. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> what Fidelity will usually do in those situations is they will, they will pay the lien off through the claims process, and then they've now accepted that debt and then, and then sometimes they'll go after that person through a small claims action, or if it's a smaller amount, they probably won't do anything. They'll just take it as a loss.
1: Yeah, well it's good to know that when you are buying the insurance that it is um, doing what it's supposed to. So if something happens down the road that's unforeseen, and you know, or due to human error um, that that is being covered. You're being protected. Yeah, you're exactly. being protected.
2: I can even break this down to a weak because uh, my claims attorney that that helped me supply some of this information, he said just from the so week the week of May one through May seventh in California we paid out two point three million dollars in claims. Wow!
1: In one week. Wow! No, that's a lot. That's a lot.
2: I mean, California is a highly populated right. state, and and Fidelity has I think about forty percent of its entire business is in California, mm-hmm. and so. You know, that's a a high amount, but a high percentage of the files being closed are in uh, California. So, yeah, we do pay out a lot of claims. Um, And I think the title insurance policy that we have now, the ALTA homeowners, is very beneficial. There's a lot of things uh, that are covered here that we didn't even really discuss, but permitting can be covered. Matter of fact, one of our former employees had a claim against the company <laughs> because there was a mother-in-law unit in the in the house in his house that was not or in his yard that was not permitted,
1: mm. and oh. it wasn't disclosed
0: through through the uh, fact that it wasn't through unpermitted. the agent, so it
2: was covered, correct? Yeah, so he had a claim against the company because um, he couldn't put his solar on. He went to go get a permit for solar, and they said, well, hey, uh, you've got this mother-in-law unit back there. You're gonna have to get taken care of that before we're gonna give you the permit for the solar. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: because we get a lot of questions how, um, if it's not permitted, how that will affect things down the road. mm -hmm. And that's a great example of, you know, what situation where if you don't, if you accept the purchase with no permits, then you could run into that right. issue yes. down the road. And the seller might not even know it was unpermitted. So you would have no knowledge of that because they aren't disclosing that to you.
0: Yeah, so if it wasn't disclosed, if it was existing on a property when they bought it and it wasn't disclosed to them, then they go to sell it. I mean, they have no idea. Exactly. Yeah.
2: So it's usually a, kind of a, a sleeping problem that nobody knows about. For years and years and years and until years, until
1: a dirty neighbor tells on them. <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That happens.
2: Yes, happens. I heard. I've seen that happen too.
1: That. Did you know? <laughs> but when someone goes in, a
2: new owner goes in to pull permits for something. That's where these old things can kind of rear their heads sometimes. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what are what are the most common claims that you see?
2: Um, the most common claims we see are probably tax related. Um, one of the reasons why is because certain counties are are behind on their taxation process. And you know, as part of, part of all of our disclosures, we're telling the buyers, you're gonna get supplemental tax bills after you buy the property based on the new purchase price amount. Those bills can take forever. The house could have been sold two or three times by the time those ever come out. Mm-hmm. And then this third ultimate buyer is getting Supplemental tax bills Dang. for okay. property for the time period when they didn't even own it, right. and we get really wrapped up in those, even though technically, uh, we've we've covered our bases by disclosing to everybody. But they're so convoluted on the timeframes on who owned them when, um, and then the another common one is just missed judgments, um, things that get missed in this in the search, uh, and that would go back to what Brooke mentioned about the human error part of it. Um, there's a few attorneys in town that. Um, I actually really respect their process. They have people keep keep spreadsheets on all their file liens and they run them for transfers every quarter or so. And if they didn't get paid on a lien and they see that the property's transferred, boom, here comes the claim letter.
1: Wow.
2: So there are certain attorneys that are just really good in their bookkeeping for doing that. Um, Well,
1: they're making money. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then then if if you want to branch out to the rural areas and then up into the mountains and foothills, lot of claims on um, easement matters, mm-hmm. you know, gates yeah. that are locked that shouldn't be locked. And you, if we've ensured the access through our title policy and they're being prevented from getting onto that, the land for whatever reason, that can be a title claim.
1: Hmm. A lot of information about, I didn't know.
0: Yeah. I, I showed, it well, I went on a listing appointment last year out on the Bluffs and there was a house and I've never seen this, they shared the driveway and there's no parking down on the street and so you go up the driveway and then it kind of, so I think part of the problem why this house is on the market so long is because of that easement because you can't park You like if you have guests you can't park because you're going to cut off the mm-hmm. other person's and it's like a perfect, I was like man that <laughs> wow. is not a Good that was easement. an expensive property too. It, I remember. Yeah. Oh, you know the, Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, like a million oh, up right. there. Yeah. Beautiful property, but I mean, you that driveway, that easement, a big problem.
1: Mm-hmm. So, when a client or um, someone has the policy in effect, so you said it stays with the the home during the duration that they own it. If something comes up and they're not quite sure mm-hmm. if it would fall under the policy of coverage they contact whoever Usu- the policyholder is?
2: Yeah, usually they'll contact the, the person that they remember working on their file at the title company. Okay. So generally they're reaching out to their escrow officer first, which is a good step. Uh-huh. And then um, as needed, they, the escrow officer will bring in to the title officer or myself or go straight to the claims department. Our claims department is not local, um, but generally they just reach out to whoever they dealt with at the title company okay. and get the ball rolling that way.
1: Yeah. Okay. I
2: Thank thought you. about hero loans real quick. For oh, a oh I, good thing you brought that up
1: because I had thought about that when we were talking. I'm thinking solar and what other loans. Yeah, would and there so when you asked Iceland. about different
2: types of claims, we've had quite a few claims on hero loans because you know once those get recorded and they can get they get dropped into the property taxes, and we've had a few claims where um, they weren't disclosed properly on our side, like we we didn't really like explain it to the buyers, and we really. The courts have determined we are not required to dis- to verbally describe everything that's on the title report. We are to hand it to them and say, "Here it is. Do you have any questions?" Mm-hmm. But you know, an escrow officer like Drew Bender, he doesn't. He's not going to be describing every item on the title report for every transaction. That's just not the best use of his time. But we have had some claims where there was a, a hero loan on the property and. the the buyers felt like they were not told about it, they didn't know their taxes were gonna be so high, and if they would have been told about it, they would have renegotiated the price. Mm -hmm. If it was disclosed, Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and so I just thought I'd mention that because that's another Mm -hmm. common um, thing that, that technically they are supposed to be paid at a transfer of title, but sometimes um, they get passed through because sometimes you only see them in the taxes, and the title searcher may not know that it's a whole separate lien that's been dropped into those taxes, uh, you know, making the tax bill much higher than it would be without the Hero Loan.
0: Good to know. So, what we're taking away from this is you need title insurance, <laughs> <laughs> and
1: if you're not sure, ask. And, and Fidelity
2: National Title. Yes. Insurance. Yes. <laughs> so, exactly. You know, that's you know where the agree experts with are. That. Yes.
0: Um, and you brought up Drew Bender. I mean, I've been doing this eight years, and I've used a couple, well, when I first started, I I, well, I won't name escrow names, but I used another one, and it's like, eh, and then I used another one, and it's like, eh, I was like, things are getting messed up. <laughs> I I switched over, and I used Drew, oh my gosh. I've never, I can't think of one, one thing that's ever not gone just really smoothly and he's amazing yeah like uh amazing he'll you guys please hang on to him Aww. yeah don't ever let him leave yeah. because That's i true. i will
1: lose my mind he'll be sending you your gift here shortly <laughs> yeah. no, no no we can't, can't accept. Exactly. no 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 <laughs> The respite violation. Okay, he'll be sending you a thank you card. I
2: just want to do one little mention about Drew, and I hope Drew gets to hear this at some point later, right? Yes. But what I really appreciate about Drew is that he understands the people side of what we do, Mm -hmm. and he knows that these are big decisions people are making, and he doesn't just treat it like paperwork. Cause when you're a busy escrow officer, you could tend to almost get so caught up in your paperwork. You're just moving paper all day long and you forget about, you're actually working with real people that are putting their money into this transaction to buy their house or sell their house and and reap the benefits of it. And I just think Drew's really good about understanding that there's people with emotions and feelings behind every transaction.
0: Yeah, He's so incredibly patient and Mm -hmm. he just makes sure he's He's never rushed. He's going to take his time. He's going to explain everything to to his clients and to us as Realtors. No, he's he's great. Yes.
1: Well, we want to thank you guys so much for being here with us today and answering all these important questions about title insurance. And we'll go ahead and put your contact information uh, in our show notes, if that's okay. That way, if people want to reach out directly to inquire about title insurance. Um, You know you never know they might want to can you you can well I was gonna say you can switch but you really can't because it carries the house with the house the duration of your of your time of owning the the home correct correct but if you're also like you said transferring title from one family member to another you can uh, always you know contact them directly yeah
2: a lot of people put their properties in their trust after they buy the house and uh, moving that property into your trust does not invalidate the title policy. Yeah. so.
1: Okay. okay. Well, Great. thank you for having us. Yes, yeah, I appreciate welcome. it. It, it was, was fun. It was it very informative. It was. It was. I, and that's what we like to bring to our listeners.
0: Yeah, and I learned something that I didn't know, and so I'm very happy that we did this. Yes.
2: Thanks for having us. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely.
0: Well. Well. well um, as always. Peace, love, and real estate. We will see you guys next Thursday, Thursday.